Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on you. Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, yeah. we can't get fooled again. It's a corpse. Um, all right, we're going to go? All right, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Uh, this is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Yes, it is. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll tell you... Every now and again, uh, one wonderful thing about doing comedy in New York City uh, is you get to meet uh, some amazingly talented people and some fun folks. And I uh, recently got to meet a fun folk and an amazingly talented fella. And uh, he's going to be our guest today. His name is Asher Novak. Thanks for being here, Asher. Absolutely. Not a problem. Uh, Asher, you have worked uh, extensively uh, in politics, especially local politics here in New York City. Yes. And uh, the the one fellow that uh, probably one of the most... Um, I would say notorious at this point. The most notorious comptroller in New York City history, which puts him right up there on the list with one of the most famous celebrities, such as someone you don't even want. I don't even know. Uh, other com- yeah, name another comptroller. Like, maybe... Well, we got Stringer in there now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you really only... And, and for better or worse, I mean... You know what a comptroller is now. You didn't know who the comptroller was before John Blue. Yeah. That, well, I believe yeah, it was it was Bill Thompson. We can. Okay. Call well, him. you know who it was. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm mean, just a nerd who just watches a bunch of things that nobody cares about. We can call him the Ben Bernanke of uh, New York City. <laughs> ben How's Bernanke. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Um, not a lot of letters in Ben Bernanke's name. No, but it's a long name. Yeah, very rare. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, really, it's mostly B E and N, and then a couple yeah. of R's in there, and maybe an A. Um, but you worked for John Liu, and John Liu, uh, for those that aren't aware of this uh, of this situation that occurred with him, he had a bit of a uh, a bit of a scandal. A um, but uh, we'll get into that later. I just want to know. Um, it must be an interesting process working on these uh, larger campaigns. I mean, New York City is the biggest city in, in the world. Mm. And Comptroller, what do you think? Maybe the fifth highest position in government. It's above public advocate. In, in the city, it's actually the second most powerful. The second most Not, powerful. In, in terms of line of secession, the public advocate would assume the mayoral responsibilities should something happen to the mayor. Okay. But in terms of actual, uh, actual power and things that you can control over the city, it's definitely the second. Because the public advocate doesn't have any tangible powers over the city they just have a very small budget to go and talk that's right essentially what the so public i mean a public advocate of course that's what bill de blasio mm-hmm. our 
now mayor. That's what he was. <laughs> and uh, I'm not a huge fan of de Blasio. Yeah, Bill He's been crosswalking. <laughs> yeah, Bill J. Walker de Blasio. J. Walker de Blasio. <laughs> He's, of course, he had a big public safety campaign where he yep. started to give out tickets for jaywalking. Yep. But the New York Post, who's always there on the side of the common <laughs> That's man, right. the working that's, man, that's correct. He's there, they are there to show the yeah. elite Bill de Blasio crossing against <laughs> the light in his native Brooklyn. And what was beating around in that? In there, you know, in his escorted car. Oh That's yeah, rough. and of course that the mayor jaywalking is important enough to put on the front page. And of they the did, Post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rupert Murdoch. It's That's not what like... they say. The voice of the common man, Rupert yeah. Murdoch. <laughs> I, I've heard that before. I'll tell you one thing though. Uh, for all the you know hatred of Rupert Murdoch, of course he runs the New York Post, a whole bunch of other things, Fox News. Um, Hottest news anchors on the face of the planet. Yeah. Uh, he always gets the hottest chicks uh, to deliver you the fake news that is delivered on Fox <laughs> News. Hot and uh, I'll take it. Yeah. Every yeah. damn time I feel like I'm on a first date, just yes, Andy. Yeah. You're like, okay. Sure. But you never get to see him naked. No. <laughs> the show just ends and then you're looking at Brett Bear's face and you're like, how did I lose this chick to this guy? <laughs> this is terrible. So you worked with uh, John Liu, who's the comptroller. And what exactly does the comptroller do? So the city controller, uh, and these are all things that I learned after I was hired. Okay. Um, so the city controller. How did you get hired and not even know what you were getting hired for? Um, it's a side of politics where mm, you'd, yeah. uh, you campaign for someone and then eventually somebody says, hey, you know, you got to hire this guy. And then someone in the controller's office was like, okay, we'll hire him. But why? Why? why what are we bringing him in I mean, for? do you smack a crowbar uh, upon your palm when they uh, when mean, the request that you hire this guy or what? I didn't. I don't know. I wasn't there for yeah. the phone call. So I, you know, I don't ask questions. Um, and they said, what are we, what are we going to hire him for? And they said, it doesn't matter. You just have to hire him. And so when I was initially hired, right. they just hired people me. Say they didn't, I didn't have a job per se. I wasn't assigned to a department. Mm. They just hired me because someone told them that, you know, they needed to. And people uh, say the system is broken. You know? <laughs> I, know. I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. So you just got hired because you had done some amazing legwork for the uh, John Liu campaign. Yeah, I'd, I'd impressed, uh, you know, I guess the right people. Yeah. Um, and done a lot of work on the campaign and showed that I had abilities. I didn't know what they were, and eventually they found them out. Um, so they, like a superhero dis- discovering his powers. Just kind of waiting, waiting around. Yeah. Uh, like a nice papers. horny Clark Kent, you know, when he was yeah. 12 years old and he got his first boner and he's just like, <laughs> oh my God, I can see through dresses. <laughs> this is amazing. I hope that there's a public service job and that requires seeing through dresses. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so they eventually they hired me for community relations, which then became public affairs. Okay. Uh, which also is vague and ambiguous and doesn't mean very much. Right. Uh, but basically what it means is you go out and you represent the elected official. You talk at meetings, you go to meetings, you speak on his behalf, you staff him when he goes to events. Any sort of aggressive things happen at these meetings? Have you ever been yelled at by uh, angry constituents or anything like that? Um, yeah, I'd be yelled at and questioned. Uh, every now and then I would get... So I became... Because I was very... I was young in the office and I wanted to show that you know that I had a lot of stuff right. that I could do, I'd volunteer and just say, you know, let me let me go here, let me go here, let me go here. And be the face of the administration and take all the abuse. Absolutely. So you're like the Jay Carney, the press secretary of Obama right now. Uh, yeah. I believe it's Jay Carney. Yeah. I yeah. think it's still Jay Carney. He might have stepped down. It yes. might be a different guy now. That's the equivalent of being the clown at the dunk tank. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, much no, just like, throw the softballs yep. at the dumb clown and see if he drowns. And there would be a lot of times when uh, I'd get asked to go to a meeting or go to an event that 
so that they knew there would be some hostility around, but I wasn't informed about that ahead of time. Hey, uh, Mr. Lou, they hate you over here in the Bronx. Send in the Asher. Send in Asher. <laughs> so I show up, hey guys, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> hey, what's up? And they'd start yelling and ask me questions and be like, ah, we're, we're looking into that. That's uh, it's a top concern for us right now. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take down your notes and numbers and uh, we'll follow up on that. And I, and I can see that. I mean... Would you agree, Marcus? Asher looks like a difficult guy to maintain anger yeah. towards. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like I have an anger. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there and let him know how I feel. And then you look at Asher and he's smiling and you know a little cherub, a little adorable. And you're like, ah, all right, yeah. yeah. I that, couldn't I mean, stay, that, ma- I couldn't stay mad at that. No, definitely no, not. I, yeah, I use that tactic a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's a real good tactic. What would you? I found uh, it very, was there a, very helpful. <laughs> you find it pretty awful. Oh, helpful. Oh, helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, was there a a, a a gripe in particular that you recall that people were super upset about? So there was uh, one meeting that I was sent to. Uh, the the exact names of all of the entities, I'm not going to remember. But sure. There's uh, basically in Lower Manhattan. There's a battery. There's the Battery Park City Authority, which is kind of a public entity, kind of a private entity. It's kind of one of those things that exists in the middle, uh, and they oversee things that are going on in Battery Park City. And okay. there was something. And the the exact issue, I'm not going to remember. But there was something going on that required a vote from the mayor, the controller, and the public advocate. And this is during uh, Bloomberg's campaign. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this was this would have been in mid 2010. Okay. Uh, and they said, Ashley, you know, we need to send a representative there, and if they ask anything, you know, about the controller's vote, just say we're looking into it, and you know, we we right. we really want you to go there just to take notes and to see what people's concerns are. Yeah, and as soon as the meeting started, the woman who was chairing the meeting was this like incredibly large, angry woman, mm-hmm. and she just started off by saying, "I know we're all here tonight to start talking about this awful, awful thing that these people have to vote on, and I heard that there's a representative from the controller's office. Is he here?" Yeah, I was like, "Uh, yeah." And she's like, "Okay, where do you stand on this awful, terrible thing?" I was like, "Um, well." I'm really here just to take notes and uh, get all of your concerns. And I know because all of your concerns are very valid. That's great. And, uh, you know, I'm here to relay that information back directly to the controller. And they're like, great. And if you thought, did you ever think during that time, like, if I really mess this up, if I don't do a good job here, I can always get a job in Coney Island being the freak for the shoot the freak game. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the equivalent. All these people do is just hurl uh, <laughs> insulting statements at you. And you're just like, OK, yeah, you're the bozo. Yeah. You're the, yeah, the, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's what that's exactly. the technical name for the clown of the dunk take. The bozo. The bozo. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was a technical term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can put that on a business card. <laughs> and I would argue that bozo is my favorite technical term. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would usually not see that as a technical term. Uh, maybe an insult, but uh, it's a professional term. Uh, so you just went there and you took all the abuse for uh, for the uh, yeah. misgivings and, and, of the John Luke campaign. A lot of the, so a lot of the job would be going to different events and staffing him when he would go to events. So if John went anywhere, and John was a very active politician, so he right. would go to five, six, upwards of ten events a night. And any event that he would go to, there would need to be a staffer there ahead of time, mm-hmm. just sort of scouting out and seeing who he's going to talk to, who the important people who are there are. And you text that information back and forth. So, right. so when he gets there, he's prepared. And there- then you're, well, you're also there in case he doesn't show up, because if he's packing in 10 events a night, he's not going to get to all of them. Sure. So then your job becomes representing him. So you're there telling people John's on his way. Hey, you know, how's it going? What's John going to do when he gets here? And then finding out, oh, actually, he's not going to be here. 
but I'll do something if you want me to. So this is when you're the waiter on Valentine's Day with the, with the date that got stood up. Yeah. This is where you're just like, I can yeah. get you some wine, though. Yeah. Would you like a free crab rangoon? I'm not going to eat it, but you can. You can have some. Sure. You know. Did you find that, John, uh, be, I mean, hell, and, uh, this is one thing. You know, I, uh, people rag on politicians constantly. And, uh, you know, obviously, John Liu, uh, we'll get into some of his troubles uh, that he had as he ran. But they do work hard. I mean, it, the idea of doing nine... Uh, stops in an evening. That's a lot. That's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, comedians do it. Um, not, I mean, nine. That's that's absurd. Uh, mostly like three or four. And people give them a lot of credit for working hard and things like that. I do think that there is a certain, uh, there's a lack of acknowledgement for the hard work that politicians do. And I think 10 events in an evening, I mean, that's a physical feat to some degree, right? Yes, it is. And to be charming. I mean, you can't go in there bitter. Right. You can't have a bad set. Right. You know? No. You really no. you can't yell at an audience member, <laughs> call them a whore, and then, like, you know, wish their baby dead. It's but in the you paper. Could technically, it's yeah. in the paper. Right. Yeah. You could technically do that as a comedian. They'd be like, well, you know, well yeah. someone would probably find it funny. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where you get into uh, – Sort of getting your canned speeches down, right, and getting your little stump stuff together. Did you find that, Mister uh, Lou? Do you, do you think that he uh, did he really follow? Did he did he have a good grasp of the uh, of the policies that he was uh, discussing, or was he mo- mostly just a uh, just sort of a vessel? I mean, a lot of these politicians are vessels of other people's personalities that have no p- public speaking abilities whatsoever. So they're like we just, like actors, you know. They're, so they're, they're just, empty suits, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Empty yeah. seats, or you know, a Russian doll, I guess. Yeah. Suits. And, Suits. Russian suit? <laughs> suits. Or empty seats. <laughs> suits. Oh, my goodness. Um, so did you find that he actually had a good grasp of the issues? So I actually think one of the, the best things that I learned about John uh, was his ability to really remember everybody to uh, kind of in interesting and kind of really weird way. Oh, as yeah, far the as Clinton names. Yeah, the names, Clinton skill. But not just, yeah. yeah, but not just names. But like, we'd be walking down a parade and someone would come up and be like, hey, John, and be like, hey, oh, hey, how's your mom doing? And, she, you know. But did like, he actually know his mom? Because these are no, tricks had, I use all the time. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I, I forget Marcus's name half the time. I'm just staring at him and be like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who, who, I, mom, I, I, it's a little we recorded upwards of 500 shows together. I've looked that, at him multiple <laughs> times at parties. Like, I, I know that guy. I just don't know his name anymore. Well, the name thing. So what I, what I found I mean, most interesting about John is that he didn't necessarily remember everybody's name. But he would always be able to remember where he met them before. Okay. And, it, you know, one interesting fact about, some, about them. I see. So he, so could, he could get anywhere, show up anywhere. And that's also where part of the staff work came in. So if I was texting him ahead of time, like, this person's here, this person's here, this person's here. And he shows up. He knows this he knows. person's in the audience. He can say, oh, and, you know, mark out there from the thing that we worked on before. Right, and He right. was really on point in that. And seeing it. And seeing him go from, you know, being at the last event, knowing that he'd been working for 16 hours and then right. still be able to pull that off was pretty impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, when, when, you, uh, when, you're, when you're working on these campaigns and uh, do you find that you are – are you more in charge than the candidate themselves? Is the candidate just sort of like floundering out there just be like, tell me where to go and then I'll go there. Give me a mark. Uh, and I'll stand on it, or are they uh, are they really um, in control? Because I feel like this sort of varies between candidates. Yeah, it varies, and it's also it's a very interesting line because you the candidate always wants to feel like they're in control. Exactly, of but course. The campaign manager. It it's like a husband to, in a relationship. Right. Yeah. It's like every marriage where the husband's like, just let me feel like I'm in control, even though I know you just told me what to do. Exactly. But let me think that I had the idea myself. Yeah. And, and you're sending them, 
you know, briefing notes, you're sending them stuff, you're sending them, you know, little things of what to say. Right. And there are times when they're just showing up and saying exactly what's on the paper. They might, I have no idea if they're consciously thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but they always want to feel like they're in control and it's an interesting balance being on the other side on, you know, actually being in control, being being a puppeteer. Right. And making them feel like they're still in control of things while you're still pulling the strings behind them. Right. Uh, it's a it's a weird balance. And, you know, and that's where that's where tension would grow. Let's and- just start the show over. I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, you know, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're here with the shadow government, <laughs> the puppeteers, the man behind the man, Asher Novick. I mean, if, if people out there, I think. I don't know if it's just been my experience or if it's actually true, but I'd like to think that people are actually realizing that there are staffers that work for politicians now. I, for when I yes. grew up, I oh, never yeah, really sure. thought about it, mm-hmm. and I think that I think that the the curtain has kind of been. I mean, I would unveiled have, a little bit over the last few years. I would equate it to the difference between the World Wrestling Federation and the <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment. Entertainment I yeah. mean, yeah, everyone sort of knows now. I mean, yeah. people know that they're staff. I'm not going to lie. They're speechwriters. Mm-hmm. When the WWF turned to the WWE, I was a little stunned. I was very. Yeah. I was saddened, and yeah. I like the curtain being there. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it helps or hurts politics uh, now that people have more information as far as like this idea <laughs> of staffers, and they know that these politicians are, you know, again vessels mm-hmm. for other people's opinions or do you think that it actually helps well i mean I, I'm in very broad strokes i think that it's good and i think that it helps yeah. because i think that people should be able to understand how government actually functions and works right uh, but on the other hand it also allows for investigative reporters to talk to people who work on government you know, on governor campaigns and asking them about what they were doing for you know bridges and stuff on election day yeah so exactly of course could, that's a reference to chris christie's bridge yeah. uh bridge gate there over in the uh, and, what is uh it, the port authority right yeah not, no what the george washington, george washington bridge, bridge yeah and it gives and politicians are now pretty aware of this fact so they can kind of shuffle off some blame so if a tweet, sure so if a tweet goes out then you say well i didn't do it it was my communications person you could just fire that person so you turn staffers into fodder in a lot of ways and, I mean, let's just jump into that then. So, John, of course, he ran a campaign. He, he wanted to be the next uh, mayor of New York City. Now, certainly uh, believe that he wouldn't have been any worse than de Blasio. Um, <laughs> I just can't, just can't yeah, say it. I how hate. many more years of this do I have? I just, I, I, Marcus just, just de Blasio. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm just one citizen, for Christ's sake. I have to have something. Give me something. De Blasio. Um, it's amazing how much you can just say a name with a certain cadence and just get all the vitriol out. Just understand how much you hate somebody. Uh, and you're just saying their last name. Yeah, and yeah. he's got a very, I mean, he's got a name that you get like De Blasio. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. It sounds like, like a bad you, soup. Like, like someone saying like Kissel. Like that's not too bad. No, because I just won. Yeah. <laughs> Kissel yeah. Parks. I'm, I'm taking off in the sky. Yeah, we're going to the moon. <laughs> Kissel Parks. We're like, see you later, suckers. <laughs> Um, but uh, but Lou got into some trouble. He did, it was a financial scandal during his mayoral campaign, yep. and two of his staffers, as of last October, were actually indicted, mm-hmm. and they were sent to prison. Yep. Yeah. Um, do you think that this uh, the fact that uh, Lou no longer has to shoulder all of the blame and is able to sort of pass the buck? Um, do you think that that uh, if that wasn't the case, um, he would have gotten the full heat if people didn't realize how much or how little uh, power he actually had and how much power staffers actually had? So uh, that's actually a really interesting point in question because the whole so the whole investigation was so they went after this. Yeah, uh, go into the investigation because it's yeah. like it is very uh, so muddled uh, stuff. basically these and I've had to explain this. 
publicly a lot. Yeah. Uh, the easiest way to explain it is when you're on a campaign, there's X amount of money that you're allowed to donate me. So, Ben, you can donate, depending on the campaign, $1,000 to me. <laughs> and that's. Oh, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> I love you. I actually want you to be mayor. I can give you $3. I can give you 3 So there are laws in place, campaign finance laws, that that have caps in terms of the amount of money that single individuals are allowed to so donate to So $1,000 is the cap. Uh, no, it's something like 47, I forget exactly okay. what it is, but for the, for all intents and purposes, let's say it's a thousand dollars. And what you're not allowed to do is if you want to give me $2,000, you can't give a thousand dollars to me and give a thousand dollars to Mark to give to me. This is right. Yeah. You're not, that transaction is where you get into trouble. So what happened was one of his fundraisers, a guy who didn't work on uh, his government staff, a fundraiser by the name of Oliver Pan, Basically set up this little thing where there were there was one guy and he was like, I really want to give John like twenty thousand dollars. Can I do it? Can I get right. it? And Oliver's like, No, 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 no. And then eventually he broke down and he was like, Sure. Uh it turned out that that guy was a federal investigator. He was setting him up. Uh, so it was a little see, bit of a, was there, it, there was a little bit of a sting. There? there was some entrapment in there. Yeah. Um but Oliver still set it up. And then so once the money came in, then the treasurer has to you know, still. It, so it's a matter of so okay tracking it. So what, so what ended right. up happening was Oliver uh, was caught and brought in, and then they arrested uh, a girl named Jenny, who was his campaign treasurer. Okay, uh, and she basically what they wanted to do was find out what kind of who knew of what everything was going on. Right. So they proved, and what she was indicted for and eventually sentenced for was that she knew that what Oliver, the donations that Oliver was bringing in were not legal and were not within the rules of the campaign finance but laws. But no, this just seems like it must happen on a regular basis underneath it, the table, it right? It absolutely I mean, happens for, and this is one of the things that people that people don't realize is that this kind of thing happens in every single campaign because there's no way to prove right. where, you know. Unless a federal investigator unless, is the guy unless doing unless all of the work someone setting up you. a sting and you're, yeah. And and then they eventually found out that they were actually setting this up and looking into John's finances since his controller race in 08. Okay. So they've been investigating and going after him and trying to find something for a long time. And, yeah, is what there, was the reason why they yeah. went against John Liu specifically? Because, I mean, the, of course... Want, that means, I mean, do you want an objective opinion or a sub- subject? Because there's objective. no... The objective opinion is just that they had reason to believe that, you know, there was something fishy going on in his campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they... The whoever decides this is that a Chinatown the, the pun, by the way. I don't like it. I one bit. <laughs> and so whoever whoever decides these things on the FBI and the, right. the DA level mm-hmm. decided let's allocate some funds and time to investigating this campaign and see so what let's waste like five hundred thousand dollars of U.S. federal taxpayer dollars. I, I would say a lot more more than, than that, that to, to yeah. find twenty thousand dollars worth of uh, what, finance. Yeah, uh, exactly. And what uh, they ended up finding is that the amount of money that was funneled illegally, which John's camp, uh, mayoral campaign eventually refunded. Once John found out that it, had, you know, that there was this little scheme. Do you going think on. that John was aware of this? I do not know. No. Okay. No. Um, and that's what the point of the investigation was: was to see if they could link John or other higher up campaign workers right. to the, you know, to this little scheme, uh, which they didn't end up doing, and so they just arrested Jenny and Oliver, um, who did know knowingly do something wrong so right. they're going to go to jail for it yeah and so they got two people yeah. jenny's yeah. going away for uh 10 months and uh oliver's going away for four and how much and how much money did they um illegally uh fundraise total do you know i don't remember it off the top of my head, i know it was under it wasn't very much yeah at I mean, most it was like twenty thousand dollars so what is that like 
eight hundred. Uh, you know, uh, what's the name of the credit? What's the name of the card company? You know where you get your little. Uh, or you get your, uh, what do you call Hallmark it? cards? Not Hallmark cards. <laughs> I wish uh, sometimes words should come to my head that don't come to my head. I've had ideas, but I don't have the words to fill up the idea. Isn't that sad? Business like a, cards. It's like an empty Mad Lib in here. Yeah, like a business card. What's the name of that business card company that everyone likes? Either way, the joke's gone. <laughs> the whole thing's falling apart. Business no, is card Is there a business company? card company that you want to get? Uh, you know, to to invest in the show at all, we could name drop What's the one business. It's like freebusinesscards.com. Uh, um, th- that's good enough for me. You know Freebusinesscards.com. Yeah, <laughs> there's a business card. Well, if they're free business cards, then why is there any money going into it? <laughs> Vistaprint. Thank you. <laughs> it's Vistaprint, for Christ's sake. Now I have to come up with all my own ideas. Vistaprint. So that got him like 800 Vistaprint cards. God, that was a great thing to get to. It was, it was, it was a throwaway. It took five goddamn minutes out of the show. We're talking about something fascinated, and I'm ruining my own damn show, and it's Marcus's show, too. Good Lord. I'm ruining your portion of the show, then. That's fine. So that's the objective response. What do you think? Why do you think they actually went after John Liu? So uh, I think that if you look at the politics behind everything and if you take a couple steps back and look at uh bloomberg getting into his third term yeah so bloomberg got into his third so the illegal third term the illegal mm-hmm. third term you have term limits set up in new york cities you only have two terms right bloomberg said fuck that i want to i want to stay in office a little well, he, more. Had the, he had the council of people who were just like oh so i can have a job for four more years if i say yes to right. you having a job for four more years right. i think that'll work out and so what he, that, that's, that's a huge flaw in the system right it's an enormous flaw in the system yeah. and basically what he did was without bringing it to a public vote which is what you're supposed to do right he just got the council and got christine quinn who was the council speaker at the time to wrangle the council mm. and overturn it for a third term and then immediately as soon as Everyone who got a third term was sworn back in. They reversed it back. So now, so now no one can have a third term right. again. Of course. If you were, and, yeah, if you came in under, you know, if your first term was in starting in 2009, then you can get three terms. Right. Uh, but yeah, now, so it went back to two. And, and for those that don't know, Christine Quinn, she was Bloomberg's handpicked uh, woman uh, to be the mayor. And uh, it was it was shocking. When uh, when she started to slip in the polls, as yeah. a matter of fact, and, and really De Blasio's so win, and I say I will say De Blasio in a proper way because it was, to his credit, it was uh, it was stunning that he was you able know, to it rise. Was. It, it was uh, it was kind of an incredible did. win uh, yeah. for De Blasio in a lot of different ways. But Christine Quinn was running for mayor before the third term thing was added. Uh, so she was she had already funded or founded. So before uh, before it went back to being a right. two term system, she yeah, was so running she for mayor. was going to get ready to run for mayor, and she was already right. raising and money. She was, yeah, she was been doing this for a decade. It yeah. seems like she's and, been she's been being groomed by Bloomberg for a while. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk that there was a backroom deal where Bloomberg said, if you can get me a third term, wrangle the council to get me a third term, I'll make sure that you get in to be the next mayor. Hmm. Right. Uh, and by and the way, when Asher said groomed, I did picture Bloomberg as a monkey just, just picking kind of like, mites just picking out of hair. Christine's. It'd be like, oh, yes, you, yes, yes be per- oh, no, your hair is perfect, perfect <laughs> hair. Bloomberg is creepy. I pictured him combing her hair while singing, or, while singing softly, like humming, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as people just bleed on hooks behind him. <laughs> I mean, that, that's Bloomberg in a nutshell, isn't it? Um, so Christine Quinn, now she's, so she's running for mayor. So she's running for mayor, and very early on, if you look at a lot of the polling numbers, and if you ask people around political circles, she was the front runner for years. I mean, she had the most money, yes. she was... Uh, she was on TV the most. That's right. She was, and, and she's Bloomberg. a lesbian gal, a very right. large LGBT community uh, right. here in New York. It's a, it's a good You know, and it would have been the first faction. woman mayor, yeah. would have been the first gay mayor, would have been all these things. Well, Ed Koch. 
<laughs> yeah. No comment. First, <laughs> oh, we got a no comment. Oh, no crazy. comment on Ed No Cotton. comment is all the comment we need. He's dead. <laughs> Never married. Never married Ed Koch. Asher, do you think Ed Koch is gay? I don't know. He's dead, right? So yeah, yeah, he's dead. I, I don't think. Does you're your, does be your sexuality off any- maintain in the afterlife? Well, was he gay? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, my point is, what are you? Are you scared of pissing off like Koch supporters? Oh no, no, no. I, I, I don't know if he's Udo, gay. Who knows? Who knows? I didn't. That, that was one thing I never really, you know, got my got my hands dirty into is finding out Ed Koch's sexuality. And that would be a dirty thing to find out because right. you're gonna be the uh, <laughs> you're gonna be the witness and the journalist all at the same time. So, yeah, so back to Christine. So Christine's running. She's ahead in the polls. Uh, and you can you can speculate very early on who's her biggest competition. Yeah. At the time, uh, at the time de Blasio wasn't seen as a very big threat. Not he at didn't, all. He didn't raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He is the public advocate, which doesn't extend you a very large reach. And he was like, he's like the second public advocate. It was an, it's a new position yeah. that began in 2000, I think. Or it's, uh, a, it's a relatively new position yeah. that was also created for political purposes because someone decided that they wanted to stay in the spotlight longer, so they just created this new position. Right, right. Um, and he, you know, and he, he runs grassroots campaigns, and he's not big yes. and flashy, so he was never really seen as much of a threat. Bill Thompson was the other big threat who is coming in because he ran for mayor before and that's almost right. beat Bloomberg. Yeah. And well, I, mean, the, that's, the, I mean, that was such a horrible thing because the Democrats didn't, I mean, as far as I, my understanding is that they just figured it was a losing game and didn't really put much money into campaigning at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even without a big campaign push, he still almost beat Bloomberg. It was four, I yeah. think Bloomberg only won by 4%, something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was something like yeah. 50 or 60,000, like something very minimal. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the Democrats not caring and kind of, mm-hmm. Putting their money aside is also the fact that Thompson's not a very good campaigner. Very, yeah. very boring. He's man. very, he's very dull. Bad. Right. Um, and he's so, no Katz Matitas, but he's still <laughs> Katz Matitas. That's the thing. Uh, it's like everyone's like, we need a gay president, we need a black president, we need a lesbian mayor, things like this. And it's like, what about a dull one? Yeah. What was the last week a dull politician? I could go for the first dull president. Yeah. You know, I, this, the, the 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 media has ruined television and radio have ruined good dull. <laughs> Politicians. Yeah, I want. I want to. I actually watched the uh, Netflix dom- uh, great uh, Netflix uh, documentary, the Mitt Romney. Mitt, one. yeah, and uh, and Mitt's a, he's a dull fellow. Yeah, um, but I, I'll tell you, I thought it was. I thought it was actually very interesting, and uh, his dullness was sort of refreshing in a bizarre way. It was, and I, there were actually a lot of people I talked to who liked Thompson because he wasn't really anything. Right. There were a lot of people who are like, I really like Bill Thompson because he's probably just going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to do his job. He's going to do his job. He'll show up. Yeah. He's not going to make he's not speeches. Gonna... He's not going to rattle cages. That's right. He'll do his job. He'll show up. Yeah. That's I right. Mean, man, this election, this last mayoral election, man, it was a doozy. Well, there were was... so many, I mean, it's just so many ups and downs, scandals everywhere. Very, very fun. Yeah. This fan, of course, you know, we all know Wienergate. We yep. all know about that. Like, was did you believe before that happened, did you think that Anthony Wiener was an actual contender in this race? I thought he was a real contender. He was. He was. He, he could raise money really well. He He's very personable. He's very outgoing. He's good on television. Um, and even before his whole scandal, I've always known he was a schmuck. Yeah. I mean, he always... Oh, yeah. He's always just an asshole. I mean, I, there were events. I knew a lot of his staffers, and he had a lot of staffers rotating in and out of his office because okay. he just kept firing people. Oh, I see. Um, which is not a great sign. You, no. want, you want people who want to work for you. That's right. And uh, there was one event that I was at, and I saw him in front, like, not on the stage, but in front of everyone at the event, just start yelling at this poor girl for, I don't know, for doing something wrong. Right. And just yelling at this this 
you know, at the staffer in front of everybody, which is just it's rude. It's just a dick thing to do. You know, I've been yelled at before, but it's not in front of people. It's in a closed door. It's in a private place. Well, it also reflects poorly on the person yelling at the person that they hired. I mean, right. what were you thinking when you got her in the first place? Yeah. Um, but let's go. I, and I do want to get into all that. We could do this for hours. Yeah. I would love to hear more of your thoughts on Wiener. But you think that. Oh, say, so I'm, 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 I'm just yeah, yeah. getting to the end here. So Christine of this uh, little portion. So Christine Quinn, she's uh, she's the mayoral candidate. She's the front runner by far. And she felt like John Liu was a real uh, threat to her. He was a big. He, and was, of course he that, was a real threat. So he was. So and Wiener's, you think that, Wiener's rising up. Then you have. Oh, my. His scandal going trying on. trying to be so. funny. <laughs> That's amazing. I was just going to slip that in. Yeah. yeah thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> So Wiener's going down, and then who's oh! <laughs> who's the next person to fill his shoes right. or shorts? And yeah, exactly. uh, you know, you're looking around, and you're seeing De Blasio, maybe not Thompson, maybe not John sure. Liu's probably the biggest threat. John Liu has a very strong base. He goes out a lot. He's very right. active. And the, and the base is the Asian community. I mean, yeah. they vote uh, to some degree. You could compare them to the Hasidic bloc. I mean, it's yeah. like a, the Hasidic bloc is so important because they all vote and they all vote for the same candidate. And so their voices, you could argue, are more uh, substantial uh, than just individual human beings going out and voting for the people they want to vote for. Right. Because they're not going to go out and vote for anybody else. Right. They're going to go out and vote for the Asian guy. Yeah. Right. They're not well, going to go out and vote for de Blasio or for Quinn and or you anybody know, else. It, so if you can get them mobilized right. and if you can build a good foundation of other right. i mean john john's campaign was really looking at uh looking at different minorities and going right. into hispanics and black communities going into russian polish i mean he was trying to get and of course you go of, to the russian community and tell them to vote for christine quinn because right. no one wants the russian support i mean come on <laughs> communists but i mean but some people out there some of our younger listeners and things like that and i hope we have our longer uh, younger listeners uh listening in here you know they'll be like oh that's racist and you know uh, things like this as far as like voting blocks and how uh, and a lot of people don't understand how politicians work but if you want to like relate it to more of a uh um, a mainstream thing, NBA basketball. There is a player, his name is Yao Ming. Of course, he was injured for the final four years of his career, and he made the uh, made the All-Star game every year because fans vote, and yeah. worldwide fans vote. Yep. And, uh, and of course, Jeremy Lin, he was a former New York Knick, yeah. until the brilliant James Dolan uh, <laughs> traded him away to the Houston Rockets. <laughs> and as a New York Knick, uh, you know, he was he he had his Lynn Sanity and all that stuff. Number one jersey sale uh, in in all of basketball. Certainly not the best basketball player in the world. No. And with the Houston Rockets, his jersey sale uh, jersey sales are still in the top five. So racial politics and racial um, consumerism is a real thing. It's absolutely a real thing, and it's I think and it's, so it's short sighted really to, to think and as that a matter it's of not. Fact, Christine Quinn, this was during Lynn Sanity. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I bet you John Liu was getting a little Jeremy Lin love. There were a couple jokes that John sort of incorporated into his uh, his little regular repertoire that incorporated some Jeremy Lin. I think one of them was along the lines of like, uh, so, you know, I want to acknowledge that there's this really talented young Asian man who, uh, you know, we're all very proud of because he's rising up in the ranks and, you know, he's he's an Asian man and he's in the public profile now and he's yeah. getting really good press from the New York Post. And I just, I really want to know what his secret is. There, and that, I mean, that was, that, that's yeah. that's a politician joke. But and I'll, tell you, and yeah. I'll tell you, it probably crushed. Oh, it yeah. Crushed. yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah, might crushed at a political event means everyone went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Well, they just like to know he's still breathing. You know, <laughs> a, a political a, a politician's joke is the equivalent of an Italian mobster putting a mirror up to somebody's nose to make sure that they're uh, either dead or alive. You know, but nonetheless, uh, so he did incorporate Jeremy Lin into his overall narrative to yeah. uh, to coordination vote. Yeah. That was the that was the idea. And yeah. so so Quinn was threatened by the idea that uh, 
that uh, that Lou could really be a threat to her and uh, and really uh, you know possibly win the nomination. So you think that she set up this entire situation well, with I, the uh, federal government? No, I don't think that you can set up the federal investigation part of it because right. there's but no. You can kind of hint at but it. You can you can make it very public. And Bloomberg, right. you know, has a lot of the press in his back pocket. Yes, he he, well, he owns Bloomberg. All of the press. Yeah. Um, so if it gets played up in the press, then it's something that's a little more high profile, and it's a case that you want to. If, if the FBI has allocated a lot of time and money towards catching someone and the press knows about it and is talking right. about it all the time, then they're under more pressure to actually find something. Everyone's a fame whore, right? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. You know, Even you want to be the guy who wins and is on the front cover saying, I caught John Liu or right. I did whatever. Uh, and so if you play it up more in the press, then you're going to have a higher chance of doing that. So. And you so, mentioned the New York yeah. Post. My God, the New York Post had a field day with John uh, they, I mean, they, they hated him. It. They hated him. Uh, why did they, they hate him so and, much? He, uh, well, he's never been, he's never been on good terms with Bloomberg. Uh, when okay. he was back in the council, he got into fights with Bloomberg over, you know, different projects and different stuff that he was working on. Right. Um, so you, I mean, you could theorize that it's gone back for a while, but the post and the daily news have railed on John. I mean, in and his it was controller race even too. The daily, yeah. Even the daily uh, news, which is theoretically the more liberal paper in New York because, <laughs> you know, Lou was, uh, I mean, you know, as theoretically, as yeah. rags are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all, tra- it's all shit. <laughs> They've got Dennis <laughs> Hamill and that's it. Yeah. He's, the mean, only, he's the only matter. liberal person working for that paper. Yeah. Every all run by Brits. It's all British people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't Damn. that something? Um, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now I'm derailed. Thing. It really blew my mind. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, next time you read an article, uh, look, yeah. they never say apartments. They always say flats. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. They're all wrong. You're all wrong. <laughs> I don't like a one bet. What do you think as far as the uh, the as far as the uh, the the importance of the press when it comes to a campaign? You're John Liu. You can't really get any uh, tread going. Uh, this is actually very uh, humanizing uh, to John, and I'm, I'm I'm beginning to grow respect for him. Um, because it does seem to be a little bit out of his control. If you're running a campaign, all the press is just, uh, they're throwing all the mud they can. How do you possibly stop that from happening? And why are they throwing the mud at you and not somebody else? Well, it, it kind of comes down to what what is going to be more fun to play with. Right. Um, and at this point... Wienergate had kind of been done. They'd kind of run out of puns. Wiener, and he was, Wiener was on the cover for, for yeah, months and yeah, months. And they of course, did what him, was the name of the... Uh, they the, knocked him out for a while. The gal that he was having sex Sydney with. Sydney Leathers. Sydney yeah. Leathers. Yeah, the porn star that he was yeah. sending his Doesn't she work? To. No, no, it's Spitzer who... Spitzer's girl who works for the Post now. Yeah, Spitzer's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. oh, my. What's her name? Uh, that would be... Oh, Damn, I, I can't her. remember her name. Yeah, uh, oh, and Ashley bad. Dupree. Ashley Dupree. Oh, yeah. You know, Elliot Spitzer, one of the most boring human beings of all time. <laughs> I watched a show on Current TV. Our friend, uh, my friend Jenna, actually was the um, producer on that show. And for such a for such a stick in the shit, uh, he banged some of the hottest yeah. chicks I have ever seen. And they didn't like it. Yeah. Ashley didn't yeah. like it. He was also incredibly unapologetic about the whole thing, which I thought he was... was. I mean, not great because it's horrible and awful, but just yeah. like he's like, look, I yeah, I used a lot of state money to have sex with a lot of prostitutes. Uh, yeah, I'd rather you have know. the state money yeah. being used Whatever. for him to have sex with a prostitute than the state to be prosecuting John Lewis people for doing something well. that everybody does. <laughs> you know, but that's just me. 
So, um, so you think so it was a, a, a deep-seated political vendetta against Mr. Liu? I think, yeah, and I think you think that it goes was as far as uh, as far as the newspapers and things like that, knowing that Bloomberg has all the power, knowing that uh, Bloomberg doesn't like Liu, uh, knowing that the Daily News and the New York Post they're not going to get in any trouble whatsoever. They can say whatever they want about Liu. They can say whatever they want about Wiener because that's just a that's just a TMZ story at yeah. this point. And uh, so you think he was really sort of a, his back was against the wall here? I think his back was against the wall. I think that the 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 final nail in the coffin was when so with the campaign finance stuff the laws in New York you can apply for uh, what are called matching funds okay so if you adhere to the campaign finance laws of New York if you give me a thousand dollars again theoretically the way it works is the city will match that like four to or six to one or something like that. what do you mean six the city so there's, right, there's taxpayer money. taxpayer money so tax this is actually real thing yeah so taxpayers actually fund these candidates based upon how much money they raise for themselves right so if if a candidate is adheres to the campaign finance laws and it's all about transparency and sending right. basically if you can fill your forms out properly then you can apply for matching funds at this entity called the campaign finance okay. department or whatever agency and there's certain money that's allocated away for matching funds the idea is that if the idea is that if you're running a small campaign and you're running a grassroots thing and you're not a big money raiser, you should still have the same opportunity than if you're going up against a big money kind of person. Yeah, sure. So the city should be able to fund me and they'll match it six to one or four to one or whatever it is. And then you get that much more money. So there were, there were I think, two uh, matching fund deadlines. And there's one that happened a, a, a few weeks before the actual election. And this was around – basically the campaign finance had to rule whether or not they were going to allow John's uh, mayoral matching funds to be granted. Because of were, this investigation. Because of the investigation. Even though at this point nothing had been proven, but it was a matter of the panel deciding if he still adhered to enough of the rules that they can still allow. And, and the they, people on this panel, were they appointed – are they appointed by the previous mayor? Were they appointed by Bloomberg? Are they elected to these positions? They're definitely not elected. I believe they're appointed. I believe it's uh, – I know Christine Quinn had some sort of say in appointing <laughs> Who was on those? So he was wow. really damned if he do, damned if he don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's theoretically an objective place and it's a sure. non-political whatever – um, non- and he was, non- non-political doesn't exist, by the no, way. This whole idea no, does not exist. It doesn't. We know that. Um, and so John was denied his last uh, leg of matching funds, which was kind of at that point. It meant it means that you can't get airtime. It means you you know he didn't have money for commercials like De Blasio did. Right. You know he didn't have money for ads. Like was there any backroom deals with De Blasio or anything like that that you heard about? Was there any uh, sketchy activity going on? No, De Blasio has. Debasio has his own little scandal that never really got played up. Um, well, what's that scandal? It was. About? It, it's. It's more nuanced and complicated, and I can't fully understand. But basically, it yeah. has to do with his uh, his campaign and the Working Families Party. I'll tell you, I was going to bring up that Working Families yeah. Party uh, <laughs> because they are one of the most disgusting uh, yeah. groups in in American <laughs> politics. They're a fascist group of individuals that are complete and utter. Uh, I mean, they're on. They're on. They use very similar tactics to. Nazi Germany, <laughs> dare I say it, uh, which is obviously a, a, a large stretch. But uh, but they are a uh, they are a, a very um, aggressive group of individuals. They are, and, and, and you know, what are some of the tactics that the, that they were using that was getting Bill De Blasio in trouble? What they were doing in his connection had to do with, uh, I believe it had to do with voter registration, and it mm-hmm. had to do with different numbers and polling numbers and what was allowed to be used and seen by certain people and it was seen by certain people that wasn't they weren't allowed to be but he got access to the numbers to 
voting records and that kind of stuff. So, so it was not, like a little Watergate a, type situation. Yeah, it's a, it's him, a little yeah. harder to. I mean, I can't fully explain it. Um, and, and I've I mean, read and, about it, and, and, it, and it's, it's not a sexy scandal. You can't. That's right. You can't define it in a line. I mean, Wiener There's no is pun to be made about it. Wiener yeah. is by definition a sexy scandal, yeah. and a financial scandal is a little bit saucy. People can kind of understand finance, but when it comes down to like shared documents that you aren't supposed to see, but you send it, you give it to somebody. I mean, it's difficult to really pin it down. You know, right? You and, know, and nailing Jello to the wall. Exactly. It's hard. And that's yeah. also, and and I don't think De Blasio was ever convicted of anything or anything like that. Right. But, you right. Know, Again, one of those things he was involved in. So that's, but you that's would say also, that the Bill de Blasio is a schmuck. I don't know if I'd say schmuck. I don't, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> what? I objectively, leading I objectively, question. These are leading. These are leading. <laughs> I'm not trying to fucking validate my own points about de Blasio. Uh, no, I, 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 I've never really liked him. And objectively, yeah. I wouldn't have voted for him. Yeah. Even if I hadn't worked for John and, and believed in John. Um, I think that the uh, the the way that De Blasio is painted is kind of that two face. I think is actually true. Yeah, and I've seen him say certain things and do other things, and I think that he kind of he well, he loves his secret meetings, which he you know, loves the secret big, meetings. He's, he's at a bunch, but the uh, the uh, the most ironic one was his secret meeting with Pussy Riot. Yeah, the, uh, of course, <laughs> the band from Russia, um, because there's nothing greater than not allowing media. Uh, into when you discuss, uh, you know, uh, politics with a group of yeah. people who are uh, only their sole, uh, uh, you know, occupation in life is attempting to get more media into a country. Right. And, and of course, yeah. they come to America and they have the exact same situation. Yeah. But it's for their benefit. You know, they're they're liked here. So sure. it's OK. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Boy, de Blasio, he's just going back on. I mean, everything. There yeah. is not. I can't remember a politician going back on his promises so Fast. But I'm happy because yeah. I hated his promises. I'm almost, I'm almost starting to like the guy, for Christ's sake. Stop and frisk. Good guy. Yeah, and that's that's what I kept trying to tell people because he 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 ran an incredibly obviously successful campaign. Very, yeah. But seventy five percent of the vote. I mean, uh, it's insane. But he he knew how to paint himself as this like ultra progressive, mm-hmm. ultra liberal. Look, I got this black son. Right. Uh, you know, married to this lesbian woman. You know, he he knew how and to. He hit all of those things. That was the thing. You know, people. And he was, he's never been that that progressive or that ultra liberal. Mm. I mean, hell, he ran Hillary Clinton's campaign for Christ's sake, and I I would not. I don't believe that the Clintons are nearly as progressive as people make them out to be, and <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then for better or for worse. Um, but it was funny that whole Dante thing with the afro mm. and follow the fro and all this. <laughs> that's not shocking. Yeah, no, that's, that's what happens <laughs> if you're black and you grow your hair out. Yeah. It's an, if he if, if if Dante had hair like uh like Fabio, yeah, I'd be like, what? Well, that's stunning hair. Yeah. He got straight like Norwegian hair. Yeah, that is a black person's hair. It's that's like, it. Yeah, Everyone yeah, freaked the fuck out like yeah. he was doing something amazing. The guy just didn't cut his hair because he's in high school. It would on, drove me nuts. On uh, on election day, uh, I was campaigning for John in Bedsty and. Very, so now, despite the investigation, John uh, did continue throughout. He did to, all the way th- uh, through the election. Yeah. yeah, he finished fourth, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Christine and he was had, third, and I think Bill Thompson yeah. was second, yeah. and uh, and so yeah, yeah. So they were right there. I guess Christine was right uh, mm-hmm. that John Le- uh, John Lou was definitely her biggest competition, yeah. but <laughs> of course on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, no. And John, and again, for for better or worse, he powered through everything. He never backed down from anything. There were a lot of you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's all this stuff going on. Why How not? He deal why with not just not run for mayor and run for controller again, and then run sure. again? And he said, No, I'm doing it now. Ultra aggressive. We're not going to let this phase us. 
Right. And did you find like, and of course, the comptroller race was between Stringer and uh, and Spitzer, and Stringer <laughs> actually pulled out a huge political yeah. upset. This is way too intense. But Google this; it's it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and, New York uh, City politics is. I, I mean, I hope it's as interesting to people outside of New York as it is to the people who live here. But well, New yeah, York I mean, City politics is amazing. It's it's it the same stuff as it is everywhere. But these are just these are our names. Yeah. These are yeah. our players. So, yeah. But but Stringer's Stringer's actually a dull politician. As a matter of fact, I got my dull politician. <laughs> Stringer the comptroller. 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 Of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I know he's com- Okay. So he's not the first dull president, but. Um, I mean, I didn't mean like controllers and like, blah, blah, blah. I meant like it's a dull position. It, it, yeah. Well, Spitzer wanted it. Yeah. yeah that would have been well, exciting. Bring, it'll bring a little <laughs> flair to the job. I kind of want the guy crunching the numbers for the city getting blown while he does it. Um, so, uh, so did John ever, when you're a politician, and you're going through these political scandals, some of your top aides are being investigated. I mean, this just has to wear on you. Did he ever show uh, stress from the campaign, from these investigations? Or was he like, was he just always the uh, positive head coach that he had to be? He, he was, he was positive, I'd say, and really strong publicly about 90, 95% of the time. There's one time that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, there's a political club in Brooklyn called the Central Brooklyn Independent Democrats. Okay. Um, and I'm going to plug them a little bit because they're also my club and I'm on their board. And you like this club. I love this club. And they're, they're, they're so, in, so there are also these entities called political clubs. I'm, I'll do this pretty quick. There are entities called political clubs, which are non-government entities. And they're, meant, they're all local and they're based in different communities. And they get local politicians to come by and you just talk about stuff that's going on. Oh, great. Um, around, do they need a host? <laughs> Do they need a host for an, uh, for, a, for an event? I would actually love to get to, uh, get to know these guys. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they're a lot funny. of fun, and they're, they're something like 100 different political clubs around New okay. York City. Um, what they do – so they're the, – uh, the political clubs themselves are supposed to be state-run. They're not funded by the state, but they have different uh, district leaders, and they – so they, they all have sort of different locals that are attached to them. Okay. And they go out, and they get petition signatures and they you know they're the volunteer group that politicians first go to if they're going to run for something so they're, they're the coolest kids in school oh yeah we're <laughs> we are the coolest people <laughs> yeah, that's um, right and the, the political club that does sound kind of old-timey too it oh, does yeah. Why, oh, yeah, I'm, politi- I'm going to yeah. swing by the mall shop and then go to the political club <laughs> it does yeah <laughs> on the way back to the soda shop and uh a lot and a lot of them are just sort of like old-timey people and people that have just lived in wherever they've lived for 60 years right, uh, right. and some of them are getting a little young and they're getting people involved. And Any chicks? <laughs> Any hot babes? They're rare. They're but rare. They're, they're, they're starting to sort of feel like that. There were a couple. There are a couple really attractive girls who started to come to CBID okay. over the last mm-hmm. few months. So we're doing something right. That's right. Well, you're there, Asher, with that I beautiful mean, I'm, smile. I'm of yours. bringing them in. That's right. You know who likes local politics? <laughs> all the we ladies. All do. Yep. Yeah, they can't get enough of them. I heard that. <laughs> That's my that's, uh, I've, uh, okay, Cupid. You just Google it, and they're all, uh, all over the place. You know they don't care about uh, the Avit Brothers or uh, any sort of cool bands out there. I don't even know what a cool band is. The Avit Brothers are cool, though. The I think so. Yeah, they're fun. I don't um, even know who they are. It, well, that's because you're in this club, apparently. Yeah, you got to. Uh, I'll, I'll introduce you to a bunch of new hot beats. Excellent. I think this is actually the only club I could go to where they think my music is like real fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably use that exact terminology, uh, which is quite wonderful. Well, they'd ask you to speak up first. I, huh? huh? Yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's what they say about me. You can't hear me. You know, <laughs> that's what everyone always says. He doesn't talk enough. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, you have the, so you have these political clubs and uh, most of them are all sort of organized and, and overseen by the state or by state representatives. And a little while back, 
people decided that they didn't want to have clubs that were just run by state representatives. So they started creating uh, what are called reform clubs. So they're basically political clubs that are kind of off the grid and sort of meant to be a little more progressive mm-hmm. and, you know, keep people in check a little more. And you're reformers. So you have your crazy hippies. Are there conservative clubs as well? There are a few Republican clubs. Okay. They're mostly in Staten Island and in Queens where the seven Republicans live in New well, York that's, City. That's, yeah. Um, that makes sense. They're, I mean, they're all, they're all called Democratic Is it possible clubs, to so. go to the Democratic event but have the food that is served at the Republican events? Because I, I'll tell you, I can't, I can't get enough of that Queen's food. It's great. It's amazing. It's always so tasty. A lot of dips. They love dips. Yeah. I'm telling you, every time I do a comedy show and I go get like a free meal at a, at a, at a Queen's uh, you know, comedy show, full of dips. We usually just have some hummus. You know, there's yeah, a there's yeah. little there's a little tray of cookies. I mean, that's what that's what Democrats tray of cookies do. And you know? All right, yeah, I'll diversify. That's, that's right. my job is to bring yeah. people together. What about some ribs, get some ribs. Oh yeah, they got Ooh. some ribs over yeah, there. Burgers, hot dogs. Yeah, we're not that fancy. At our, our annual dinner, we'll have you know like eggplant parmesan. <sighs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on here. I gotta. Uh, okay, so, so the so Central Brooklyn Independent Democrats were uh, uh, one of the first reform clubs, one of the bigger reform clubs in Brooklyn. And in 2009, when John was running for controller, he was running – his top opponent was David Yasky, who lives mm. in Park Slope. Central Brooklyn Independent Dems meets in Park Slope, and it's mostly in that general area. Um, and CBID endorsed John okay. over David Yasky. And it was a really big thing, and they were, I think, the first Brooklyn club to endorse John, who is from Queens and doesn't have – you know. Sure. It was his first citywide race, and so and these, it, was, and it was seen as a really yeah. it was seen as a big deal in you know the political club world that CBID came out really strong for John against a guy who lived in the backyard. Sure, um, and they were and CBID also uh, followed was very heavily involved in the mayor's race, and yeah. uh, when the news did they started breaking John for that, they ultimately did. Okay. Uh, they we ultimately did endorse John for mayor. It was a very very close. Uh, ele- uh, election for you know within the club yeah it came down to you know one or two votes yeah um but eventually did and so the so the people who got laid that week they were on john's side and the yep. people who did not they wanted de blasio no the p so it who, wasn't it yeah, wasn't de blasio was, de blasio is actually very very not liked oh okay CBID. in park slope yeah really um for okay. all of the reasons that we talked about That's because right. he's actually not as progressive as you would think so okay um, and a lot of people also know him. he was also the city councilman in that same area. So people have known him for, you know, 15, 20 like years. Yeah. And they, they just don't like him. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, same reason why uh, any on that thing I always go back to with Rick Perry in Texas. Right. Yeah. If you actually know him, he's a piece you know, of you don't like him. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so and the thing with Rick Perry in Texas, Rick Perry has lost yeah. his home county, right? Yeah, yeah. every never, single time. Yeah, we're from the same county, and he has never won his home county. <laughs> never. And all of his elections. And you know, but you know what's interesting? I was talking to my friend Tina, and uh, and it's a similar situation with me on a very micro, micro, micro family level. My father, he used to go out, and he was a, he was a glad hander, and everyone loved him. You know, he would hang out, and people thought he was the nicest guy. But at home, he was a total tyrant and an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the uh, at, a, at a more mi- macro. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Like yeah. in your hometown or your home county, like people know who you are, and they're like, "He's a dick," you know. And he's just like, "I'm just trying to relax. <laughs> I'm not on the trail right now. Leave me alone. Yeah. This is who I truly am," you know. But then, of course, he leaves the county. He's like, "Well, I better put on my best face," yeah. you know. So the the night that I'm thinking of uh, was in December. So it's for the December meeting, okay. um, and the the general timeline, the news about Jenny. Well, Jenny was arrested in November. 
And so, this must have been, I mean, this must have, must have uh, sent quite the shockwaves through the, uh, through the whole was. organization. Yeah. So the people within the club, there were some people that didn't like John anyway, and then this became a whole big thing. And John asked me and a couple other people from the club, can I come and speak at the December meeting? Okay. And so we set it up so he could come and answer questions. And he knew, you know, he knew that he was going to get grilled because we're not an easy club on good days. Right. And now he was coming in a month after this investigation was launched and uh, well, it was it was a it was a packed room anyway because for our December you know it's the yeah. only meeting that we have beer so there are a lot of people that come for the holiday that's good meeting uh, and then he came it was the end of the day it was the last stop and there must have been about a hundred usually the club the meeting has 30, 40 people this mm-hmm. must have had at least a hundred people well, and they're all and they're all drunk and everyone yeah and everyone's drunk drinks all over and, 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 re- and a lot of yeah. people are really angry yeah and he got up there and he you know he did a little bit about this is what I've done in my first year as controller. Right. I want to address the scandal, this, 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 and this, and I'll take questions. And he took about a half hour's worth of questions and people weren't holding back. There was one guy yeah. who was like, do you think that you should drop out of the race right now? Do you think that you should be impeached as controller? Do you, right. you know, getting into all nitty gritty stuff. There was one guy who was reciting lines of law from whatever. Oh yeah. The thing. most exciting man in oh, the yeah. room. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's always good to have him there. Um, article 43, <laughs> section States? six of the state legislature. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, sir? You didn't even ask me to resign, but I'm not running anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't hear I you can't, talk I any longer. Can't. I'm done. And that, uh, when he left, I noticed, and he, he answered every question. He did everything, yeah. but that was the first moment that I ever saw him look tired. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a, a lot of other people around the club who knew him pretty well would come up to me and be like, didn't John look? He looked, he just looked tired, Yeah, which is he, not something that I'd ever seen before. And yeah. it was, it was just one of those, uh, it was a very real moment where you right. could just see him up there and he answered the questions and he'd just go, <sighs> like, no, like, these are Let's the people, I mean, these he, are the people who were with me, right. you know, these are the people who I need. And and I'm having to convince now the people I have that, to. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and that's a bad position to be in if you right. have to go back and reassure the people that are already supposed to be supporting you. Because at this point in the campaign, you got to be getting the people who don't support you yet. Right. Yeah. You. I mean, he's still he's he's still at square one right. when he should be at square. I guess three. I don't even know this whole square <laughs> system. I'm not sure. Two. Is it square two? two? Square uh, three is winning. So. What? Are there only three steps? Yeah, that's it. It's like you get the people for you, get the people against you, and then you win. Oh, I see. So he's at square two. Yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, do you think, I mean, you know, do you, did you find with John, do you think that, you know, maybe the reason the press went after him and the, re- the reason he maybe had a difficult time, uh, you know, getting the uh, group of individuals that should have loved him um, to really love him, do you think that was because of the narrative of the campaign? I mentioned, it was hmm. funny because I did the storytelling show and I was a bit harsh up top and I'm sorry <laughs> about that, Asher. But my biggest pet peeve was uh, was the John Lou sweatshop thing. Yeah. Where he's like, I grew up in a sweatshop. He grew up in the Bronx. Yeah. And it was just, it was not a sweatshop. And his parents, his parents came out and had the op, or not, not, a, not an op-ed, but they gave an interview and they're like, John had a very nice childhood. And how insulting. Yeah. If you're a parent and all you wanted to do from probably, his parents, I mean, he is, his parents are from Ty- uh, Taiwan. I think yeah. he got here when he was five. And uh, so I'm sure that they did have some sweatshop things or some miserable um, uh, things from their past. It must be infuriating as a parent to raise a child not in a sweatshop and try to raise him as uh, as well as you possibly can and then have him run for public office and be like, grew up in a sweatshop. Uh, that must but be then, But then also, you know, whatever, whatever it was, like two weeks before the controller's election, give an interview and no one, so I, I wasn't around, I wasn't that high up in the campaign for the controller's race. Right. 
But, but he did keep his narrative throughout the mayoral race as well. He did about being an immigrant and coming in yeah. and starting from nothing and, you know, being a, a New York City. Do you think it guy. would have resonated more had he not gone with the extreme of the sweatshop? I mean, it's difficult enough to be an immigrant uh, moving <laughs> yeah, here at five years hard. old from Taiwan. I mean, yeah. that's that's hard enough. I just give you that. And growing up in the Bronx, no one is like. Easy life. Yeah. In, in Easy life in the Bronx. In, 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 in Queens. In Queens. Okay, well, Wikipedia yeah, Flushing, got yeah, it all wrong. Yeah, Flushing, the big uh, Asian population yeah, there. Nice. Huge Asian population. Asian Flushing. population. So do you think that that maybe, uh, did you, do you find that that, uh, that wasn't resonating, that wasn't sticking with the people? Because people, at, at his core of the campaign, people thought his narrative was flawed? Well, I think that the issue, uh, and I think this also kind of goes to what you were asking before, in short of in general with the press, I think the issue became that he wasn't changing his story. Yeah. And he stuck very firmly behind this is who we are, this is who I am, this is what we're standing by. Did you ever dr- Instead uh, address of, in, that with him? Uh, a few of us tried to. Because yeah. um, you was, felt like if you would have had a perfect world, if you would have had a perfect John Lou, you would have been like, just just tell the truth about it. Right. And just come very and, – and at the CBID meeting, he addressed the, the questions very well and very upfront. Yeah. Uh, which isn't really how he played it out in the press. And in the press, he tried, you know, he, he played being a victim a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, he played, look at all these things that are happening to me, but we're still trying to move forward. But let's be honest, no one wants to vote for a victim, right? right. They want to vote for a hero. Right. And, you know, you, you can, I think that it, the the inability to change that narrative halfway yeah. through, um, and the same kind of thing with Wiener. I mean, he vehemently was like, that's Well, he not really me, doubled down, me. didn't he? He yeah. doubled down on being a sex offender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Triple down. I'm not a sex offender per se, but a deviant to Let's say, say the least. Definite yeah. deviant. Yeah. I remember when the, the Wiener thing started breaking and my friend before, so when it, when it was just accusations before and he was just going with his line, I cannot confirm nor deny. And my friend was like, this is a ridiculous story. You know, I don't know why we're, we're pinning all this stuff on Wiener. And I said, look, if Wiener just came out right now and said, that's me, mm-hmm. that's my dick. I'm sorry, a photo leaked, I'm not going to do it again, whatever. Right. We would have forgotten about it, and he'd probably be, be the mayor right now. Yes. But he didn't do that, and he lied, and he said, no, I blah, 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 blah. And then, however many weeks later, it's like, actually, that's me. I'm going to resign from Congress. Right. And so if you can just be honest with the press and be honest with the people and actually just create that narrative, you know, if something's going to happen to you and just change, change your campaign, it's not easy to do, but... But I think you know people what? can respect it more. They do, and people have no problem. As far as I mean, with Wiener and Sexton, that's just uh, that's the taste of a new generation. <laughs> I mean, that, you you can market that like uh, like crystal clear Pepsi. Yeah. You know, you could be like, oh, I'm a politician for the young man, yeah. uh, the young lady who understand <laughs> the uh, you know the the vices of our time and the, uh, and the mistakes. Technology my... so difficult, and you know exactly. It's my and you can you can bring up privacy issues there. Like, Absolutely, that was just my personal phone. What do you you know? Sure, and, and then we, he got his wife. Getting in there and mm. saying, you know, we're still oh, going to have a marriage. Bring oh, the wife in. Oh. Uh, Dad, you know, no Uma, hot to bring the too. wife on stage. Yeah. Uma's, no. Uma's a nice gal. And it's funny because, of course, she's a Muslim and he's a, he's a Jewish fella. And they try to make this whole, like, uh, I'll tell you, I, it's ironic because their apartment was the Gaza Strip. You can imagine <laughs> what that was like when Uma and Anthony were fighting. And Anthony wasn't oh, winning. No. He yeah. had no he had no high ground there whatsoever. So when that scandal started breaking, was it just high fives all around the office? Yeah, did you guys get pleasure out of yeah. other political politicians, you, out of other politicians failing? I got pleasure out of Wiener failing just yeah, because man. I knew he was a schmuck yeah, all him, along. Man. And because of how terribly he, he handled that whole thing. Uh, but in general, no. I mean, in general, I like seeing politicians succeed yeah um unless what they're doing is terrible yeah um you know not like rooting for louis gomert right yeah (laughs) yeah gomert (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I like seeing I like seeing the underdog guy. I like seeing that's why I like local politics. Why I like the, yeah. the city council campaigns and seeing the guy who, you know, who's been a teacher for twenty years and he's just like, you know what, I'm I want to serve more and I want to do this now. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think and do it's, the politicians themselves is there like a visceral hate amongst themselves or is it more of a friendly competition? It can go either way. I mean, there are, there are people who are just career politicians, and I think this is the distinction that I always try and make, and I, I try and explain to people because there are people who organize and they work for you know local CBOs, or community-based workers, or nonprofits, or they work in the community and they just love their community so yeah. much that they want to run and they feel like this is what they want to do. And then there are people who have just always been political people. They've always worked in campaigns. They've always worked on in people's political offices, and they've mm-hmm. never had a real job. What do you think about the idea that politicians should be forced to work in the private sector before they go and, <laughs> uh, and become politicians? I mean, I feel like this is a good... Like, the idea of a career politician is disturbing it's and disgusting. Terrible. How I think can it's you awful. possibly relate uh, to a normal human being if you're a if career you've never politician? had a job, and you've only been... You know, you've been an aide. That's, that's what Wiener is, too. Wiener was an aide. He worked in Schumer's office, and yeah. then he became a congressman, and that's... It. I mean, you know, he's never. That's the whole worked. life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you should with public, private. I mean, you should have some sort of job that isn't politically based. And at do you some think point maybe, to really because, understand? You know, I mean, Lou has been. Lou is sort of. You could argue he's sort of a career politician type. He never really held a private sector job. Do he you did. Think, he was an actuary for like ten or fifteen years. Do you think that he? Uh, do you think? Um, all right. Do you think that he maybe sort of uh, stuck with that narrative, that theme of you know growing up like super poor, um, because he didn't really know how to uh, otherwise relate uh, to common people? It's like you look at someone like Joe Biden. You know, he is Joe Biden's been uh, you know in in uh, he, he is a career politician by definition, but he does do a very good job of sort of transcending and like reaching out the hand. He takes the it's as simple as taking the train. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and doing things like that. Um, do you think that he was maybe sort of overreacting to the idea that people didn't think he was a common man? And that's why he stuck so firmly to this narrative? I think that was one of the I mean, I think that was a, a big strategy of being a man of the people. And he was always, you know, Lou for the people and being yeah. someone who, you know, being an immigrant and trying to appeal to that. And like, well, you, you know, you're you're a first or second generation person here in New York City and playing up that angle a lot. Um, yeah. Which I think also it, it went a little overboard because uh, at a certain point you have to be like, you know, I'm a common person too, but I can also do this job really well. And I'm sorry. I hate this whole notion that politicians have to be common people. I don't like common people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fancy myself a common person. I don't hang out with common people. I like exceptional human beings. Yeah. And that's who I want to vote for. Yeah, no, you should. Intelligent that's and right. You should be who... able to be really good at whatever position you're about to take, not just some guy off the street. Yeah, exactly. I, I I completely agree. I uh, let me see. I had one question, Marcus, but now I forgot it. I don't know what it is. Isn't that because it was in my head? <laughs> Isn't it, it wasn't in your head? It was in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was a really great question too. Oh yeah. Hmm. <laughs> no, no. So it's uh, a great question. <laughs> it, it is a great question. I want to ask you if you think the system is broken, but I also want you uh, to tell the story uh, that you told at the uh, at the oh, uh, sure. storytelling <laughs> show where. Asher attempted to assassinate Mayor Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> I did unsuccessfully. I did. I had my chance. Yes, you 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 were very close. I mean, that's the one thing you know. Close. You work in these campaigns. You get very very close with some of the most powerful human beings on earth. Michael Bloomberg, multi billionaire. You could argue. I would say top. 
three, four most powerful person in America? He's definitely one of the top five richest people in the in the world. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, at and least you top got, ten. Yeah, and you got very very close with. I Michael. got very very close to him. So, uh, one of the jobs that I did uh, was working in, in while working in public affairs is staffing for John. Okay. So when John goes, like I said before, when John goes someplace, there's always a staffer there beforehand who's sort of running around and figuring out where he's supposed to be and, yeah. you know, how, how he gets in, who he talks to when he gets there and whatnot. So when he shows up, he just sort of shows up and knows exactly where he's going to go and who That's he's going right. to talk to and say, oh, hi, how are you doing? Uh, so, so Bloomberg's coming to this event. Bloomberg's coming to this event. This event was a, a really big Japanese, some, I forget the, the organization, but it was like the, Jip, the Japan organization of the world or something. And who better to organize it than a Jewish fellow named Asher who doesn't like a crab rangoon? No. Nope. Are you kidding me? Come on. <laughs> So they had me uh, staff this event that I uh, that I wasn't really prepared for, but that happened a lot. Yes. So I was at the Midtown Marriott Marquis, and I get there and I find the guy that I'm supposed to find, and there I'm in the ballroom of the Midtown Marriott Marquis, yes. which is enormous. It's about two square blocks long that fits 150 or so tables, and you know I found the guy. I found the stage where John's going to go, so I know yeah. where John's going to come in. He's going to say hi to this guy, and he's going to go up on stage. So at this point, I need to know where John's going to sit in case he wants to sit down, just in case. So you have to play it. Yeah, because John didn't sit down very much. He, no. he, he ran around town. No, yeah. but every now and then, you need. I need to be prepared in case he comes in and he says, you know, I'm going to spend five minutes and I'm going to take a seat. So you have to. I have to have a seat ready for him, but also know that the people who are sitting down at the VIP table in the middle of the ballroom get priority over these seats because John's not going to stay there the whole time. So I have to reserve a seat. And then when someone else comes over and they say, Hey, can I have this seat? I'll be like, sure. So I'm playing this little game, just sort of saving, saving a seat and talking to the people around. And this is I exciting see, seat talk. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's, that. We're going to do a podcast called exciting seat talk. That's we just fun. get up and move around. Yeah. That's few great. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. Talk about more seats. Not seats aren't talked about enough. Seat chat. <laughs> Yeah, seat chat. Yeah. Will you stand and chat about seats? <laughs> how like much it. we all wish we had one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My legs are really getting tired, Marcus. <laughs> really getting tired indeed. So, so, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm playing thing. my little game, moving around, saving seats for John, and uh, I see Bloomberg come in. And when Bloomberg walks into a room, you don't actually see Bloomberg walk right. into the room. You just see security guards come in. Yeah, big tall Because guys. it's a combination of them being very tall and him being very short. Right. And they surround him. And so I, at this point, I'd seen him many times before. So I see sort of the entourage of security guards come in. And I go, oh, Bloomberg's coming. And he comes in and he sits <laughs> down at the other side of the table for me. And next to him is an empty seat. So I'm thinking, oh, this is perfect. I'll just go save that seat because when John comes, that's that's exactly where he should sit if he's going to sit Right down. by Bloomberg. Right next to yeah. Bloomberg. You know, you have your mayor and you have your second in command. Great. So I walk around the table to go save that seat. And at first I'm greeted by a security guard. He says, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And I say, my name is Asher. I work for the city controller. I'm just looking to see if I can save that seat for John when he gets here. I show him my ID. He says, okay. And he lets me through. I then go and I'm standing next to the seat. Uh, the, next to where Bloomberg is sitting. And another security guard from the other side comes over to me and says, excuse me, sir, can I help you? I say, my name is Asher. I'm here for the city controller's office. Right. I just want to see if I can save this seat. Here's my ID. And Bloomberg's just doing rails and rails of coke. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> just you know, sitting there just getting popping, high off his ass. Popping some pills. Yeah, and man. Typical. Lighting on up. his favorite lizard rock. <laughs> well, well, well. I, do, I don't believe in the reptilian overlords, but I do believe that Bloomberg might be a reptile. <laughs> Bloomberg is definitely a Out reptile. Of all of them, I, I mean, think I, so. I, He sleeps on a rock at night, right? Under oh, a yeah. sun lamp. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's yeah. de- I mean, I don't know if there's proof against that. That's the yeah, thing. That's so, the, yeah. that's the, the burden thing. of proof is on him. Yeah. That's right. 
Bloomberg, you're being called out, buddy. Yeah. Reptilian until proven human. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So Bloomberg's so sitting down. Bloomberg's sitting there. The security guard's asking me. I look down. I go down to reach to get my ID. And at this point, I realize that my hand is right next to... Because when I talk, I'm Jewish, so I talk with my hands. So when I said... Well, that's a stereotype, and we don't like stereotypes here <laughs> on this show. So when I said I wanted to save this seat, I moved my left hand motioning towards the seat. And then when I looked down to get my ID, I realized that my left hand was about an inch and a half away from Bloomberg's head. Right. He had no idea. He was just sitting there talking, doing whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. I become very aware very quickly that my hand is very close to Bloomberg's head. And then the security guard becomes incredibly aware very quickly that my yeah. hand is next to his head. And he started, uh, he he probably was not reaching for his gun, but he started yeah. <laughs> moving yeah, yeah, his yeah. hands around in a way that made me uncomfortable. So I pulled my hand back. I said, no, you know, that I'm, I'll find something else. I'm fine. Thanks. All right. So you nearly killed Bloomberg. I almost hit him in the back of the head. And then, but you didn't get shot to, uh, for doing it. No. I don't know if shots were fired. I turned around pretty quick. That's great. Well, all right, everybody. <laughs> That's the program. Thank you so much for being here, Asher. Absolutely. This was fun. Thank it was really it. wonderful. Yeah, this is great. It was. And, uh, of course, you can find Marcus at Marcus Parks on Twitter. And I am at Ben Kissel on Twitter. And these are this is really helping when we plug the Twitter. Because, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm up to 765 followers. <laughs> yeah, I wonder massive. how many I got. Well, probably a lot more than me. Yeah. And, Asher, do you do the Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Asher Novak. Yeah. N-O-V-E-K. And we're, N-O-V-E-K. E-K. And uh, and where can people? Uh, is there a website for this uh, for this um, for this fun uh, group of young Democrats? Uh, CBID. Uh, I think I don't remember the website. If you do, if you search for CBID or Central Brooklyn Independent Dems, we're right. up there. We have a, a pretty pretty terrible website that we're working on. That's perfect. Um, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. We meet every fourth Thursday in Park Slope. All right. So yeah, if you're around the New York area and you want to get involved in. Uh, in local politics and things like that, check out uh, those meetings, and I want to go with you. Yeah, I would love to. And uh, yeah, meetings are cool. free. Maybe we'll do a Welcome field piece from there. And I'll, yeah. I'm going to bring some pizza. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring some food to this bring thing. Some pizza. And, and like real pizza, not like Democrat pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> some good Italian Republican <laughs> pizza. It'll be very, very good. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, and we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Whoa, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. 